This is The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, San Jose's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. Recent storms have drenched Santa Clara County, with rain causing flooding and wind knocking out trees and power lines. There's a current break in the stormy weather, but rain is expected to return this weekend bringing about an inch and a half over the next couple days, according to the National Weather Service. With more storms on the way, local residents and government agencies alike are preparing for the possibility of more flooding. County supervisors are asking residents to sign up for emergency notifications, while the city and water district fill and distribute sandbags, more than 100,000 so far, according to officials. Here with me to talk about recent rain, flooding, and the possibility for more is Barbara Keegan, a Valley Water Board Director for the last decade representing District 2 which encompasses parts of Santa Clara and San Jose. She's a civil engineer and a retired public works professional. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. So before we get into the rain and flooding, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. I think what listeners are curious about is where we stand with the drought. I noticed that the U.S. Drought Monitor, uh, which tracks the status of drought across the state, uh, it's noticing improvement. I'm curious to know what recent rainfall means for the drought in Santa Clara County. Well, obviously the recent rain has been a big help. We've been going through a number of dry years. Um, The fact that uh, we are seeing what this, how this impacts um, the the Sierra snowpack as well as our local reservoir levels is very, very encouraging. So at this point, our reservoirs are about 50% of total capacity. Um, That includes Anderson. So of course, since Anderson is a project that we're constructing for seismic reasons, we are required to bring that down to 3%. So we're cautiously optimistic. Um, one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that we import about half of our water. So the Sierra snowpack is just as important to us as the rain coming down and getting captured in our reservoirs. So far, things are looking good, but we could have you know, a very dry, latter part of January and February, um, and that could mean we might still stay in a, in a drought condition. Thanks for that. And, you know, I'm curious to know what would have to happen in order for local drought restrictions to lift. It, it sounds like this amount of water might not be enough to change the situation. Well, I think that what it would mean is that we would have to be confident that we have sufficient water to meet the demand. So we'd need sufficient rain locally by the end of the wet season and enough imported water, which comes from the Sierra snowpack, so that we can maintain a healthy groundwater level and water supply. But any decision to alter or remove restrictions would have to be made by the board based on the water supply outlook when the wet season ends. And we've got a couple more months of our traditional wet season, if you will. You touched on reservoirs a little earlier. I'd like to circle back on that and how the rate has changed, the capacity. I I think you mentioned reservoirs are at 50% total capacity, although you're bringing Anderson down to 3% because that's uh, a construction project. Was there any overflow in any of these county reservoirs or uh, was that offset by releasing water? It's been offset by releasing. Um, It's a very delicate balancing act. You know, we want to maintain adequate water for water supply reasons, but at the same time, we're, you know, very conscious of the fact that we don't want to be in a situation where uh, we, we 
do get into that point where, you know, water might go down a spillway or we, we reach greater capacity. So being strategic and having releases ahead of time is, is very important. So currently we actually are releasing water uh, to make room for that runoff from upcoming storms. And in terms of our, our reservoirs, you know, right now, Almaden is 100%. Uh, Lexington and Stevens Creek are about 80%. And Coyote is at capacity. Chesbrew almost at capacity. So we're, you, you this, so we're pretty healthy. Guadalupe and uh, Vesona and Calero are at a little lower level, about halfway full. And uh, just a quick follow-up on that. In terms of when the water is released in these reservoirs, is there a threshold that sets off the need to release the water, or how is that done? We have rule curves that we use for operations of our dams. And so what you do is you look at what's the capacity of the dam, how much water do you have in there, what are the forecasts, and based on that, it makes it it helps with that process of deciding how much water to release. Now, in addition to the reservoirs, we've also got creeks and rivers here in the county. I'm curious to know how recent rainfall has affected those. Can you speak to water levels at all and how that might have changed? Well, water levels in several waterways have risen and receded during our recent series of atmospheric rivers. And uh, as we all know, some of these rises can happen very rapidly during heavy downpours. And so we do have a very interesting website. Well, I think it's interesting. I'm an engineer. Um, our surface water data portal website URL is alert.valleywater.org. So again, alert.valleywater.org. And if you go there, you can see the uh, what's going on with the elevations in our reservoirs as well as in our creeks. So people who live in areas where they may have been flooded before or they're concerned about future floods, you can get real live live time data um, from that website. So it's um, very helpful. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on, you know, you mentioned Anderson, uh, the valve on our existing outlet pipe at Anderson River Reservoir does remain fully open and we are releasing water and will continue to release water until we reach the 3% storage capacity that were mandated by regular regulators. Uh, one last thing about these creeks and rivers. There was a lot of outreach happening over the last week or two in regards to the homeless people that uh, live near the creeks and rivers uh, with San Jose, the county, as well as homeless advocates trying to get them out of possible harm's way. Is Valley Water assisting with those efforts at all? We definitely coordinate with um, the city of San Jose and the county. And I do want to point out for our listeners that the unhoused issue is probably one of the most significant issues that we hear from from constituents, um, both from a, a concern about environmental issues and health issues, um, but also of the how people are, are surviving in, in very difficult situations. So we are committed to working with the county and all of the cities within the county to ensure the safety of the unhoused from flooding along our creeks. So one of the very difficult situations we're dealing with is some people have actually, you know, um, put their 
their encampments within the channel, you know, which is is where the water is going to go through. It's not it's not that they're being flooded. It's like they're living within a creek channel where water is going to come down. And so um, we worked with the city of San Jose to, and they did extensive outreach and relocation to the unhoused living along waterways, both people living within the channel as well as on the, the banks of the channel, where if um, the water levels got higher in the creek, people, people could be unnecessarily or, you know, be impacted very negatively. Um, so we are concerned about that. We really applaud the efforts that have been taken by the city. Uh, some people may say, well, why do you have to depend on the city? Why can't you just do this yourself? Well, we're a special district and we have constraints on, on our powers. Like for example, we don't have police power. We can't arrest people for trespassing and we can't, um, uh, you know, make people move away from dangerous situations. So that's why we really need to partner with those agencies that, that have that ability. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you looking to make a difference in San Jose? AARP, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization dedicated to empowering people to choose how they live as they age, is looking for volunteers here in San Jose to advocate on services, programs, and policies to help make our community more livable for people of all ages and abilities. Learn more and apply to become an AARP San Jose local advocacy team volunteer at aarp.org slash San Jose. That's aarp.org slash San Jose. Now, more rain is on the way, and Valley Water has actually extended its emergency flood declaration. What does this mean for Santa Clara County residents, and what is the Water District expecting with the upcoming stormy weekend? Well, that's uh, two questions there, so I'll, I'll tackle the emergency power one first. Because we do work in environmentally sensitive areas, we have a great many regulations that we need to um, follow and adhere to, and we need to have permits in place to actually do work within streams. And so sometimes that means we can't be as quick to respond as we would like to be. Uh, the reason for having an emergency declaration is that it allows us to take action when we need to, to avoid putting people in situations where um, the community, uh, is either impacted on a personal level uh, by being impacted by a flood or uh, on a property issue, their property is damaged. So we really use those powers when in storms, trees come down, debris gets washed down, and we need to go in quickly and clear that out and make sure uh, that the creeks and rivers have the capacity to move that storm water. So that's a big part of you know, why we had that declaration and why we're continuing the declaration is because we see future storms ahead. So I think it's a prudent thing to do and I, you know, applaud the, the recommendation from staff to do that because ultimately it's about helping us to protect the public in these, these times of storms. Now, I'd like to stick with the flooding here for a little bit, and I'd like to focus on one area in particular. Uh, it's actually an area I'm very familiar with, uh, just south of Gilroy. It's Highway 101 and Bolsa Road. It's right there at the turnoff for Highway 25 headed out to Hollister. I, I used to drive that way uh, all the time for work. 
the reason I bring this up is because I was looking at NPR the other day, and there's a house right off the 25 that was front and center uh, on an article about the flooding in California with water up to the windows of this house. That portion of Bolsa and Highway 101 flooded. In a situation like that where not only residential homes are affected, but the freeway is closed because of this level of flooding, what can Valley Water do to help clear the water out? Are there measures that crews can take, or is that just something where you have to let the water subside? Well, that falls into the category of, of localized flooding. Um, the water spills out into what is a flood zone. That's why we do so much proactive work in terms of notifying people. Do you live in a flood zone? What are the things that you need to take care of? Um, in the case of, of Uvis Creek, that's what caused the flooding of Highway 101 um, south of 10th Street in Gilroy and in the area of the Gilroy Sports Park. There's other locations throughout the county. Um, there's Ross Creek at Cherry Avenue in San Jose, San Francisco Creek in Palo Alto, Upper Penitencia, Guadalupe River, Sunnyvale East Channel. Um, another uh, South County one is uh, West Little Yagas Creek. So some of these are problems because of things getting constructed within flood zones. And so we can't necessarily cure them. I mean, I do think there's some engineering solutions, but it, like, for example, with Ross Creek, I think we could do a project in conjunction with the city to improve um, their storm drainage system. Um, and, uh, you know, there are some engineering solutions for some of this, but I guess the short answer would be uh, some of it is just people need to be prepared that when you are occupying space that is a floodplain, it's, you know, it's almost impossible to prevent that water from getting out there. Yes, and that sounds like the situation with Lover's Lane in San Benito County back in 2017 when that flood happened. Uh, there were a lot of homes there in that floodplain. Well, we have a number of resources available for you, and thank you for asking that question. Um, the biggest recommendation I can make is go to valleywater.org slash floodready because we have a lot of information there. Um, we'll tell you where you can pick up sandbags and those are free. And um, I'll just quickly go over the locations. You can pick them up in Albiso by the George Main Elementary School in Palo Alto at 1925 and Marcadero Road, San Jose City Central Service Yard Center at Phelan, um, the Water District at our Winfield Warehouse on Winfield Boulevard between Blossom Hill and Coleman, and down in Morgan Hill at the El Toro Fire Station. So we've got sandbags ready waiting for you, um, and uh, that's a, a great opportunity. But there's other flood tips and resources that are available to you on valleywater.org-floodready. Um, in addition to that, every winter we produce a robust Get Flood Ready campaign to inform our communities that can, it can flood anytime it rains, even during a drought. And we produced a flyer in English, Spanish, Chinese, and Vietnamese and sent it to the 50,000 homes in the FEMA Special Flood Hazard Area, and we did that back in early December. So everyone who is potentially in a flood zone uh, should have gotten that notification. I actually live half a block away from 
neighbors who are in a flood zone. And uh, so it's very helpful to get that information. We also developed a multi-language pamphlet uh, outlining what to do before, during, and after a storm. And that was delivered in January to those same 52,000 properties. We regularly share social media posts before and during rain events with resources for flood preparations. I share that information on, on my Facebook account, and I know other board members do as well. So that's just some of the things that we do uh, to make sure that we're getting the message out. I've been speaking with Barbara Keegan, Valley Water Board Director for District 2. Barbara, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was my pleasure being here, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about what Valley Water is doing to deal with uh, storms and flooding and water supply. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.